0: Hello! Welcome to the Graced Podcast, where we talk about how we can infuse more everyday magic into your everyday lives through rituals, wellness, tarot, astrology, and today, mediumship and channeling. Today's guest is Asia Dashur, most known as the spirit guide coach, a guide who connects you back to your wisdom through channeling and mediumship, often working with her own spiritual team to connect you with yours. I personally worked with Asia one on one through one of her coaching offerings when I was just getting into my own spiritual journey. And I still cherish one of the channeled messages she had sent me from my 5D guides, which at the time, since I was still pretty new to all of this, it felt really affirming to receive a message like that and to foster that connection with my own guides. Asia and I talk about the themes of the emperor, providing structure for freedom, and what that could honestly look like, redefining what that even means, building a solid foundation for yourself, and providing to yourself so that you can ultimately provide for others. This is a juicy episode and you don't want to miss it, so let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Asia! Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. So today we're diving into the themes of the Emperor card, which represents themes of authority, strategy, big picture thinking, ambition, and power. Asia is a powerhouse, having created her offerings as a spirit guide coach, a wonderful community of spirit seekers connecting to her guides throughout the entire process of building her spiritual wellness business. Also, a little birdie told me that one of your tarot birth cards is the emperor, which is paired with the death card. And I'd love to start off there. How do you resonate with these cards as being your tarot birth cards? And for anyone that doesn't know, your tarot birth cards tend to represent your overarching themes of your life that are unique to your life's journey. And you can find yours on the Mystic Mondays app or any tarot birth card calculator online. Asia, how do you resonate with your cards?
1: Oh, so many feelings come up around those cards. I think the first, my first inclination is like, really? Whoa. Okay. Because the death card definitely resonates a lot because I feel like I'm someone that's always looking at what needs to be shed or released so that I can be reborn, what needs to die so that something else can live. And I think, um, I do love doing that. I do like looking at the cycles of like uh, a workshop or, you know, a a program that I've created or, you know, a a creative endeavor. Like, okay, this feels as though it's coming to an end, almost like the seasons of the year. So what is going to be coming into bloom? What do I want to bloom? So that definitely definitely resonates. The Emperor, there's so many feelings around that. I mean, we could talk about the patriarchy. We could talk about like the male dominant presence. But I think that the Emperor card is something... In terms of like strategy and planning and perspective that I do strive for, it's definitely not easy for me, but um, I do tend to look at the larger picture, uh, the dream, the larger dream, and then see, okay, so what are the steps that that I need to take or feel inspired to take to achieve or create that larger vision? for
0: sure. I love that. I love that you are taking these smaller steps to create this larger vision, much like how tiny brushstrokes can create the entire painting. So I'd love to hear about how you created the Spirit House Collective and what was the vision moving forward into this big vision of yours?
1: That's actually hilarious because um actually the first time I even heard about, I didn't even know what a, a collective was when I started. I was talking to a practitioner, a friend of mine, and all of a sudden I heard one of my spirit guides say, you should start a collective. And I was like, what's a collective? Um And I basically took that one sentence, reached out to a few other practitioners that I knew, had them come to my house, and I said, "Hey, I want to create a community. I want to create a place where people can learn and expand, and and not be judged for, you know, I don't know, believing in spirits, aliens, wanting to dive into the kashuk records, utilizing tarot as a way to basically um, create a deeper understanding of self." And uh, all of those practitioners were amazing people, and they all said no. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I'll just do it myself, you know, and it started out just simply, you know, creating a newsletter, like saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm hosting something at my home. Would you like to come? And from there, you know, had a couple of workshops where one or two people showed up and it was very, you know, there's the ego involved, like, you know, why isn't anyone coming? But all of those things take time to build in terms of like, you know, connecting to the bigger vision. And I just, committed to creating space and having people and teachers come who I wanted to learn from. And it slowly built from there. And six years later, here we are. And it's, it's been life changing for me in, in every single possible way. I mean, that's how I know you, you know, it's, it's been an incredible, incredible journey. And I think the lesson that I've learned is to, if you feel called towards something, lean into it, don't allow fear, Uh, of not knowing what you're doing to distract you from creating, you know, the world that you ultimately want to be living in.
0: Absolutely. And yes, that is how I know you. When I was living in LA, you offered sound healings and different workshops at your place in Eagle Rock, LA. And I do remember during that time, I was going through an awakening of my own of just like figuring out my spirituality and my connection to Other realms and what that means. And it can all be very confusing, you know? And so having a community and having a space that you were offering felt grounding. And I would say scary, you know, it was scary to go into that path because of, I would say societal conditioning of what it means to be this or that or who you are. And it's a complete shift of your identity. Yes, shift of identity, shift
1: of identity. I think it's scary going, you know, even if even if we take the awakening and spirituality part out of it, it's scary to go into new spaces, right? You don't know what's gonna happen, you don't know who you're gonna meet, you don't know if it's gonna be in alignment or feel right. But I think, you know, and anyone that walks through the doors of spirit house or anyone that walks through any new door, whether it's like a, a, a spiritual workshop or, you know, um a pottery class, it takes courage, I feel, to put yourself in a new situation and be open to whatever comes, even if it's like, oh, I'm never going to do that again, right? So I, I love that you were there. I'm so grateful that you showed up because it also, anyone that walks through the doors, they're saying, I don't know what is coming, but I'm committed to discovering.
0: And you've mentioned the word commitment a couple of times, and that actually happens to be my word of the year. And I'm finding that there's a commitment when you're committing to a practice. You're also on a higher level, committing to yourself and showing up and being present. And I do feel like with this work of spiritual work, there's a tendency to escape into another realm. And so I'm wondering how you balance those parts of yourself, grounding yourself to the present day, while also connecting to your guides and uh, your spiritual team to then, I suppose, giving you those action steps.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. You know, I think that as human beings, we go through phases where commitment to certain practices is just much easier than at other times, you know, and obviously, you know, it's during those tough times that we really want to be committing to those practices. And we often hear people, you know, talking about not just commitment, but balance, you know, and I think something to understand is to not judge yourself too harshly when you're going through those Undulating rhythms of what commitment means, you know, commitment for me used to be, Oh, I'm going to meditate an hour every day. I'm going to do automatic writing for another hour. And then I'm going to, you know, I don't know, talk to dead people all day. That is a very, that is an incredibly difficult uh, practice to maintain for the rest of your life, you know? So, and it's, and it's definitely, I've had experiences when, you know, there might be, weeks where I go by, I'm like, wow, I haven't meditated. This is crazy. I haven't pulled cards. Like this is actually part of who I am. How am I turning away from myself so frequently? Right? So I think we have to have compassion for the fact that we're going to be going through different things and then really ask ourselves, what does commitment mean today? Because it could be different. We want obviously a foundation that we can always lean on and rely on because a foundation of some type of practice just helps us feel like ourselves. But we also have to understand and have compassion for the fact that that might shift and change a bit, you know, each season and to be okay with that and to still honor what it is that we need for ourselves without punishing ourselves for being human and having a, a natural ebb and flow, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I go through that all the time. You know, I'm like, oh, I have to do this for an hour. I have to have my morning routine. And then there are days and weeks that i don't do it at all and i agree that there is a sense of having compassion for yourself because we're not robots and we also fluctuate with the energy of whatever's going on astrologically like the seasons you know we're picking up on all of these subtle things that are going on and i do feel like sometimes you can be really hard on ourselves because of these expectations And so some of that, I would say, emperor energy um, of providing that structure and foundation for yourself to always rely on, but to give yourself the freedom to ebb and flow to whatever is authentically true for you. So as you were speaking, I was thinking about how commitment can mean a lot of different things, but ultimately uh, committing to the most authentic version of yourself that day.
1: (sighs) That is absolutely true. I think we can get away from the the constriction of what "quote unquote" like commitment means, right? And again, you're right. Like acknowledging commitment today can mean I'm going to go for a long walk. I'm going to, you know, start a, a a chapter of a new book and enjoy myself. I'm going to do 15 minutes of breath work. That is me committing to myself. I'm not. I don't have the bandwidth say to go through 500 emails today, you know, or plan out my whole marketing campaign for a project. And that is, that's okay. You know, also, especially when it comes to spirituality and wellness and for those of us who, you know, not are are not only connected to spirituality, but, you know, we provide for ourselves through it. You know, we're not living in a monastic world where, you know, we're all sitting in a cave, like waiting for people to come and, and bring offerings of food and drink. You know, we have to pay bills. We have to, you know take our dogs to the vet. There are things that we have to do and provide for that go outside of the wellness and spiritual world. And while yes, everything can be spiritual, we have to be able to know what our limitations are within that idea of the emperor. The emperor is what. what's the most important thing? What needs to be taken care of? What is it that I need to provide for today? And that does change day to day, season to season, and that's okay.
0: Absolutely. So what I'm hearing also is boundaries and learning how to set boundaries with yourself by committing to the smaller things that are not always enjoyable. But I think part of the shifting is finding the joy in the little things if you can and prioritizing your energy so that you are focused on the things that bring you joy.
1: Yes. And I think that... I know I mentioned balance earlier, but I think it's also the sense of can I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I think a lot of the times, especially for many of us who are either fall into like comparing ourselves to what other people are doing um, or judging ourselves on like how much we have or haven't done, I think that when it comes to joy, it can almost feel like, well, what's joy needs to be a reward for something. Oh, like if I finish writing this copy for my next book, then I get to do X, Y, and Z. Instead of like, no, 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 no. I'm going to give myself what I'm asking for because I deserve it and because I'm worth it. And then I'm going to find the joy in these other things that provide for me in different ways. I think we really need to start, you know, re-looking or re-framing certain things, whether it's joy or self-care or boundaries or priorities, away from what, as you've mentioned, like the way society has conditioned us throughout decades and decades of believing that we should be enacting and engaging with life. We need to kind of be shifting things around and asking ourselves, what is it that I want today? What is it that I desire today? Without feeling as though it needs to be earned in some way by hard labor, right? Of course we need to do things, but can we give ourselves something that we want just because?
0: Oh, I love that. Just giving yourself pleasure because it's available and that we deserve it as human beings. And I do feel like there is a certain exchange with rewarding oneself with the amount of work that you do, whether it has to do with your actual work, what you do for money or salary, Uh, But also with relationships and like how you might show up in relationships and the give and take of that. But what is our relationship to ourselves ultimately? And how can we give ourselves what we want?
1: Mm -hmm. It's so hard sometimes to be our own best friend, right? It's so easy for us to give advice to others like, oh, no, give yourself a break or like, you know, go to the beach for the day. I mean, if you are able to, if you have that luxury, like, but when it comes to ourselves, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, not for me. Right. I've got to do X, Y and Z. I have to finish this. I haven't done that. It's always like what you haven't done, what you don't have, what you haven't achieved Uh, instead of, wow, I have the I'm blessed enough to be able to do this. I'm blessed enough to be able to eat a scoop of ice cream right now because I feel like I want to. You know, yes, we can talk about moderation, but I think that especially in America, we've been taught you know, from a very early age that in order to enjoy anything, there must be some sort of sacrifice and lots of different cultures, not just America, but you have to sacrifice in order to receive something. And that is, it's so toxic.
0: Absolutely. That was definitely a mindset that I grew up with as a child of immigrants and refugees and being first generation. I definitely bought into the hard work and grinding myself down and ultimately just feeling empty after a while. That system was never set up for people to feel happy or fulfilled. It's always set up for people to constantly keep working themselves to the bone. And I think people are starting to wake up that this is not fulfilling and trying to find their voice and purpose in their own lives to give back to community, but also to find satisfaction while finding your place in the world. And so I was wondering, how do you give yourself that satisfaction? Because I know with building a community, there's so much of giving of yourself. There's so much that you might be sacrificing behind the scenes when you're connecting to your guides. You know, that work is not easy. So I'm wondering what you're doing to take care of yourself and the relationship that you have with your boundaries, uh, with your guides and with your clients and so forth.
1: Uh, it's really hard. It's something that I'm still working on for sure. I mean, I definitely feel that I'm, I have pushed myself to the point of complete burnout, even though in the work I do, obviously I'm talking about how you don't do that. And uh, actually only in the last year have I said, okay, this enough is enough. I've been, you know, my guides have been telling me this for several years, only in the last year or so have I been in speaking with my guides been starting to pull back in a lot of ways, because when you are building community and supporting community and creating community, you do come last a lot. And there is almost, you know, a sense of, you know, if this person who is creating and opening themselves up in all these different ways, they must be okay. They must be fine. They must have it figured out. And that is the opposite. You know, I i don't know. I, I'm, going, I'm learning along the way. So in some ways I've pulled back this year and said, okay, how am I taking care of myself? I need to pull back from creating. How am I going to be able to daily ask myself, as I mentioned, what is it that I need? And to also be able to say no to those that I historically have always said yes to. And almost immediately, it's like you you think something like that, you say it out loud, and then the universe will say, well, here you go. Let's test it out. Right. And I have people in my community saying, hey, are you going to do another one, which is gather market? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And I had to pause and say, no, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. All I am doing is listening to myself and my body and giving it the nourishment it hasn't been able to receive for years so that I can then come back to the community and give, as we always talk about, from a cup that is full versus that is empty. So that is a process that I'm still working through and going through and discovering. And it's not easy. you know. I, I don't know anyone that has it all figured out, but I think the really beautiful thing when it comes to wellness or spirituality and community is that we Have a container where we can ask ourselves the questions that our body, mind, and heart are, you know, hoping that we can find an answer to versus pushing those questions down, ignoring them, or completely acting as though they don't exist to begin with.
0: Absolutely. I love that you're taking that time out for yourself and that you are finding ways to say no when historically you've said yes, because that's very much about. Breaking patterns, you know, of, I would say people pleasing, like, you know, things that just you've probably done for a while. And likewise, me too, you know, it's been hard for me to say no, but now I've been exercising boundaries much more often. And I very much resonate with taking a step back too on my side of things because there is a self nourishment that has to happen when you give so much of yourself and I feel like with anyone in a position of leadership, for anyone that starts a community or starts their own thing, so it can be a lot of people in a lot of different places in society, but oftentimes when we're not giving to ourselves, we can't show up at our best. And so I think built into this whole emperor strategy is how to give to oneself as much as you're giving to others or how to replenish yourself along the way.
1: Absolutely, I mean, the emperor is a delegator too, right? The emperor has people for support. Uh, And I think a lot of times, you know, we don't ask for support. We encourage others asking support, but we as ourselves don't ask for that support. We're like, you know, which is, of course, we're perpetuating a cycle that we're saying should not be perpetuated anymore. I've definitely been taking that lesson to heart, either figuring out what needs to be delegated or getting an idea and saying, that's a great idea, Asia, but you don't need to do that right now. Let's put it on the shelf. It's not going anywhere versus I have an idea. I have to create it. I have to create it now. Otherwise, otherwise what?
0: Right. And I feel like that also shifts to following your joy, you know, and noticing what doesn't feel right. And those are often the things that I tend to delegate more of because I'm like, I am dragging my feet on this. It's taking forever. Like low key. I hate this. (laughs) Like I cannot do this anymore. And those are things other people can do. It's not in my zone of genius. And I think there's like, it's funny because the emperor is so much about control in a lot of ways, but there's also a letting go of control that needs to happen for these bigger ideas to shift, but also To give ourselves the time and space to be human and to enjoy ourselves and to reward ourselves in the process.
1: Yes, I love that. You know, not the zone of genius too. It's like, yeah, we're not going to be great at everything. We're not, and there are others that are going to be. You know, and we can ask them for help or like learn from them or have them do what we need to do to help create something magical. I think that it's it's really difficult to step away from ancestral and societal patterns that were created for a reason, because they worked for people for a certain amount of time, you know, and in certain ways. But, you know, those patterns also dehumanized us and separated ourselves, and for a reason also, for preservation and, you know, security, separated ourselves from honoring our feelings and our needs, because we needed to survive. And some of us still have to live in those situations, but a lot of us don't. And I want all of us that don't have to live in those situations and those, like, you know, worldviews to be able to move away from it and really experience life, actually live, which I know sounds crazy, but so many of us, you know, don't actually engage and live our lives. We're focused on getting to the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? thing? And there's no sense of presence. Uh, And that's a shame, you know, because I think you and I talked about even before we recorded, like, what's the bar? Where are we trying to go? Do we even know? Is it all arbitrary? Because we don't want it to be arbitrary. We want there to be an intention. Otherwise, we're just, you know, a cog in a wheel.
0: Absolutely. I know even just earlier today, I was thinking to myself, when is enough? What is enough? <laughs> what is what is the bar? Like you said, You know, what What are the limitations? And oftentimes, I don't even think, like for me, I don't even know until I get there or I go there. And so part of it, too, is experimenting with ourselves on what our barriers are or our limitations and what we're willing to do. And I think that creates a contrast where you'll push yourself and you'll realize what you're made of. On the other hand, you'll also learn what your boundaries are along the way. And so I think there is a like a forgiveness process that happens as you're going because sometimes you push yourself a little bit too far and there could be all those negative voices that are like, oh my God, I did this, I did that, that was wrong. But I love that you've mentioned this compassion that we can have for ourselves in the process that we're experimenting, that we're learning, that there doesn't need to be a rigidity in how we're approaching life, which... I think sometimes we think that there are certain rules that we have to follow. And while I do agree that a good foundation is really important for us to thrive and grow, there's also knowing when to step outside of that, like whether it's making your own rules eventually, or stepping outside of your comfort zone to learn something new about yourself, but always pushing and growing Upon a strong foundation so that you can constantly up level and grow.
1: I I mean, couldn't have said it better myself, Grace. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to, I think you also mentioned failure, you know, and and this, or mistakes, right?
0: And a short interruption to let you know about the Create Your Deck Club. If you've ever been interested in creating your own deck to get guidance and support around this creative process, or even how to approach the process, feel free to get more information at createyourdeck.club.
1: Something that my guide said to me after when I was creating, you know, the guided by spirit oracle deck was that humans have this idea of failure, uh, and there is no failure. they are only lessons. So if we can look at like a quote-unquote mistake and say, okay, if I don't look, this isn't a mistake. I've learned something. I've experienced something. I have more knowledge now. Then it it takes away the weight of you know of of, of feeling unworthy or worthless or not good enough or you know I should have, I could have. Instead of what did I learn so that I don't have to go back there ever again? You know, that's also why we're here in this life to learn lessons and all of those lessons are not going to be, you know, positive ones because otherwise, you know, we wouldn't actually honestly have appreciate the positive things as much. That's something that changed my view. There are no failures. They're only, you know, they're only lessons and we take those with us so that we can create different versions of success and achievement in whatever form we wish them to manifest in.
0: Absolutely. So I do want to shout out your deck here guided by spirit, an Oracle deck that you created with your partner. And it's so lovely. I was pulling some cards this morning and I was just struck by the beauty of the cards and the poetry of the words in the guidebook. They're like collage based. And I'd love to hear about your process creating these cards and you know, I, I read through the guidebook that they're channels in co creation with your guides and just would love to hear about your process.
1: Absolutely. So, that, that Oracle deck, my guides have been talking to me about making for years. And I wanted to uh, work on it with my partner, who is an artist. And, you know, I you had to work within his schedule. But the purpose of it really was to give my guides, the guides that I work with, who, who work with, you know, at this point, thousands of people, the opportunity to reach more people with words themes and wisdom that they feel that can really reveal new parts of ourselves to our souls and hearts so that we can utilize that wisdom for more clarity and direction uh, and it's, it was a beautiful experience i i love connecting to my guides and they have so many so many incredible things to share and that's basically what happened. We, we created that, that. I mean, even though the process took a really long time, the, you know, the words, the channeled words for each card literally took, I, you know, they, it came through me in two days. So I'm very grateful for them. Um, I'm in, in, in the process of making, creating another deck with them. And they always just, I'm just in awe of what they have to share and uh, definitely feel as though, I want to be utilizing their guidance more. I definitely sometimes hear a lot of sighing when I'm doing something. I'm like, okay, I'm still human. I'm I'm working on it.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) So you mentioned that this took a long time. And I was just wondering in context what that means for you. Because everyone's deck process is different. And when you channel with your guides, are you you know, are you automatic writing? Are you doing it through dreams? Like, what does that look like for you?
1: It's definitely automatic writing. So I'll sit. So the process took several years, but the, just because of, you know, life, but when I sat down to ask them, you know, what the themes are, what did they want the cards, you know, the medicine to be, they, I, I automatic write, which for those who aren't you know, familiar, there are several ways of automatic writing, but the way that I utilize is allowing a spirit to move my hand and write. So they wrote all 36 themes out uh, and I went through them myself after. And, I, and, you know, there's certain things that I said, maybe we'll wait for this for later or, or what would be a, you know, a compliment to this. And then I asked each guide, you know, and there's six guides. Uh, it's broken down into like each guides, the cards that they are connected with. And I asked them just to begin writing for each one, whether it's, you know, Roots or, you know, uh, Fearless. And they used my hand and wrote everything out. And of course, maybe I changed a word here or there. But for the most part, all of each theme in each, all the copy is intact with what they felt would be the most potent medicine for those who connected with the deck.
0: And who are your six guides that co-created this with you?
1: Well, my main, the guide who I reference the most is Monty. And in the deck, he's Monty of the fire. And Monty is actually the guide who, before I even started talking to other spirits to the dead, he was the one that came through. He was the one that told me to start spirit house. He was the one that told me to basically merge uh, life coaching with mediumship, which was terrifying. So he's kind of the, the leader. Yes,
0: there he is. It's a beautiful card
1: so much fire we have isabella we have sonalan we have you know bernard we have charles we have clarence i mean every every guide and and i will say that you know this is just these are just my opinions mystics have different you know points of view and opinions but these are the guides that I believe are my unique team that are there to basically say, hey, why don't you try this? Or hey, we know what your blueprint is. We are asking you to make a left instead of a right here. But also I want people to understand, you know, that if I, I can, we can all decide to listen to the guidance that they have to offer or go in a completely different direction and they'll adjust accordingly. They're there with us through the ups and downs, whether we listen to them or not. And what I really wanted people to understand with this oracle deck, whether, you know, they connect with the individual guides or not or the magic, the message is that we're not alone. We're never alone. We always have energy and spirits that are surrounding us with love. And that it was so comforting to me during my awakening and during serious times. Yes, exactly. It's inside the box.
0: And I love this little yes. touch. It says, You are not alone in gold.
1: It's just It's true. And it, it changed my life. Like as someone that's struggled with, you know, depression and anxiety and a whole bunch of other things moving into a part of my life where I could finally not just understand, but know that I'm not alone. It's, it's changed all those dark days for me. I still have them, but they're not as dark. They're not as deep.
0: So you mentioned For example, like Monty was like, hey, combine mediumship with coaching. You know, it's a great idea, (laughs) which what was the reaction, you know, and how, like, was it hard for you to trust that voice? And was there any resistance? Like, you know, what was the level of like your yourself and your body and learning to trust the voices of your guides?
1: I mean, I was terrified. I thought that was a horrible idea. I was like, "That is, I'm going to be called crazy. I'm going to be ostracized. Nobody's going to want to work with me." But I trust my guides. I trust my guides so much that I said, "Okay," and I did it. And with, and I would say I'm not even exaggerating. I would say within 30 days, my whole practice changed. Like, and by that I mean, I was booking like c- consistently through word of mouth because you know. I, I had no real social media presence. And, um, and I remember asking Monty one day, I said, you know, why me? Like, why are, why am I doing this work? Why, why are all of these things happening right now? And he said, because you, you listen. And I was thinking, Oh, wow. Like we're we're giving you advice and you're picking it up and you're making it tangible. And that was really important for me to hear at the time because it just showed the level of, speaking of going back to commitment, if we can commit to our truth, if we can commit to what we believe in a tangible form, the, the rewards are are limitless. And speaking of which, like almost coming full circle in a way, the last few years have been very difficult for, for all of us in lots of ways with the pandemic and lockdown and things happening around the world. And I remember I was feeling really disconnected And I was sitting talking to Monty and I was telling him how I was feeling. And he's, and he said, you're not listening anymore. And I remember, and I just got quiet. He's like, you're not listening. And I thought, wow, okay, I need to pull back. I need to come back to the practices and connections that have nurtured me and, you know, just opened me up. And I have, and again, it feels like that, it feels speaking of the death card, it feels like I've ended a cycle and started a new one. And just for any anyone who's listening to this, like when you're listening to your spirit guides, what you're really also doing is you're listening to yourself. And that's the whole goal here. To listen to yourself, honor it, make it your reality.
0: So over the years, I've been in touch with my guides as well. And I know you've also channeled my guys when I was working with you, which I found very comforting, you know, because I think at the time, there was a lot of figuring out my spirituality when I was working with you. And it's nice (laughs) to know that you're not alone, that on the other side, you do have a spiritual team. And something that resonates with me, and I'm wondering if it resonates with you is when you come across different spirit guides, they're often different aspects of you, whether it's in different dimensions or, you know, whether it's your future self or whatnot. And this might get a little woo right now <laughs> for people, but it's definitely something that I believe in that all of these different aspects of you tend to show up in the form of guides. Uh, messages and whatnot. So I was wondering what you think about that. I
1: think that's true. I've definitely had clients who some of their guides are future versions of themselves or past versions of themselves. You know, I think some mystics believe that, you know, none of your guides are people you've or or energies you've ever met. And and that's, I have not found that to be true. I've, I've met, you know, people who some of their guides are are angels. But whether it's a future or past version of yourself or whether it's an angel or an ancestor, there are absolutely elements of us within those energies. That's why they're there, because they get us. They understand us. And also, we can see ourselves and hear ourselves and feel ourselves in them, which just expands the trust. You know, no one is going to call you out on your shit more than a spirit guide. And you're going to they're going to read you for filth. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's totally true. You're right. You're right. Not in a way that's trying to, you know, um, knock you down, but in a way that is just complete and utter transparency. There's no manipulating or um, trying to, uh, you know, move around or... there's just there's just absolute truth and there's also a freedom in that you don't need to hide there's no reason to hide you can be 100% who you are and they already have known you in multiple lifetimes they've seen all these different versions of yourself versions of you where you've you know been the conqueror versions of you where you've felt you know you know less than dirt they've seen every shadow and aspect of who you are and that's why we trust them because they've seen all the different facets of the hologram And they have seen it all come together. And it's a really beautiful thing.
0: Well, I think the difference between listening to guidance from someone in your life, whether it's like a dear friend or family or teacher, whatever, versus listening to a spiritual guide, is that your spiritual guide often has your highest regard in mind. So whatever they tell you is typically for your highest good. Whereas someone in your life might tell you something, but it's based on their own filter of what they think is best, which can often be, you know, their own insecurities, their own judgment, their own fears, which can be translated into, oh, I really care about you. But really, this is my projection of what I think is best.
1: Uh, But yeah, you're right. Like it's, you know, other people, they're filtering it through their experience and they, it's not malicious. They mean well, but they're like, this is what I've experienced and this is how I'm taking what you're saying and filtering it through. And our spirit guides are, there's, it's unconditional love. All they want is for us to feel fulfilled, to love ourselves as much as they love us. You know, they're like, can you love yourself as much as I love you completely, right? Those are, those are their goals. Those, that's what they're trying to do. So there's no sense of, there's no, there's no manipulation.
0: That's totally it. Yeah, there's no manipulation. And I think like for anyone who's very energetically sensitive, you can tell the intention between the guidance that you're receiving through your guides or through like the people in your life. So I want to take a step back because not everyone may be in touch with their guides. And I was wondering what your journey was to connect with your guides in the first place. And any advice you have for anyone who wants to connect to their guides more deeply.
1: Even though I've been talking to spirits or seeing spirits since I was very little, my connection with my guides didn't start until my 30s, you know, my early 30s. So I, the first thing when it comes to that is going back to commitment, having a committed, whatever commitment means to you, practice of connection. And that can start with, oh, I'm in the shower and I'm going to talk out loud to my guides, even though I'm I'm not hearing what they're saying. We're just beginning to strengthen that cord of connection to let them know that we know that they're there. Right. You can be driving, you know, commuting to your job and just saying, hey, everyone, hope you're all doing well. I always start with that. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Hope you're all doing well. I'm very polite. (laughs) Here's what's going on today. Here's what I'm hoping for. Here's what I'm struggling with. Show me, you know, uh, show me ways that I can navigate this or receive, you know, with gratitude and grace. And you will almost immediately notice shifts happening throughout the day because you're acknowledging it, you know, so it can start very simply like that. And then as you begin to progress, of course, it's pulling cards every day. It might be journaling every day. These are things that we all know that we've heard a million times that we've, so many people have said and so many people have said them because they work. There it's, it's just a fact. The more that you are committed to your practice with connecting your gut with your guides, the louder that you'll be able to, he- quote unquote, hear them. Right. And we don't want to be comparing the way we're connecting. Some people are, you know, will say, I want to be able to see them in front of me. That might not be the way you see. You might see or hear through turning the radio on and a certain lyric pops up. We're basically the, the more we're connecting with our guides, we are creating a language of communication with them, and that takes time. And it might not look like the way Mary connects, or you Grace connect, or I connect. It, it is going to be something unique to you and your strengths that they can find a way to communicate and express what they're seeing and hoping and guiding you towards. So we also have to like be committed. But also, not have expectations or a specific expectation because it won't look the way that we are imagining it.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that it is a language. And if you don't necessarily know what you're looking for, you might not find it. But I think it's just paying attention to the certain symbols that are popping up in your day to day. So you could be seeing angel numbers like 111 every time you look at the clock. You know, you could be seeing Phoenix. There was a, A period of time when i was seeing phoenix a lot whether it was like phoenix arizona or like phoenix on a t-shirt you know so it's just about you know paying attention to the signs and creating your own dictionary of sorts. so the thing is is that i might define phoenix one way but asia you might define phoenix in another way so and likewise for angel numbers i like to tell people to really notice what's happening when they see one, one, one or eight, eight, eight or whatever, because that might have a different meaning for you versus me, you know? Yeah. So for anyone that is curious about that, I I would just, you know, uh, just start paying attention to what comes up for you.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You know, when, when I, I, and I go through certain phases of, for example, seeing angel numbers. And for me, for, for me, they usually mean just to take a breath, to take a moment. And then I, and I just thank them for that. Yes, this is a reminder, because obviously when I'm seeing, most of the time when I'm seeing an angel number these days, it's on my phone and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Let me just take a moment. Let me put the phone down and take a few breaths and, you know, have gratitude for where I am and the energies I have around me and then move on with my day. It's all interpretation, which I say to clients too. I'm going to see a red truck. A red truck for me might mean something and some completely something different to you. These are interpretations and then ultimately You are the one that decides the significance. But what I often see is people saying, oh, I think this is a sign or I think this is, you know, this means this, but it's probably nothing or it's probably just my imagination. How quickly we can discount, you know, a feeling of connection just like that. And so that being able to accept if I see a bird flying overhead, wow, I need to be more aware of the ways I'm taking flight. That means something to me in this moment. I felt it. Let me allow myself to receive that and then utilize it because it's medicine versus immediately discounting it and throwing it away.
0: Absolutely. So the emperor is so much about building a foundation. I know we're talking about building a foundation in our external world, but there's so much about building a foundation in our internal world with our spirituality and I even feel like our spiritual team is helping us build our spiritual world to then be reflected in our external world. And I'm wondering how true that is for you while building Spirit House Collective and how much of a hand did your guides have in guiding you towards this process?
1: In the beginning, I would say 90% of it was them. You know, they would suggest something and I would do it. They would say, you should do this class and I would do it. Or they would say, you should close your books. You're too busy. And I would do it. You should start a new way of opening your books. And I would do it. And the more I I listened to them and trusted them, then the more that when thoughts came to me or ideas, I would trust them. I wouldn't need to go to them for everything. I knew that if something was shifting in the wrong direction, I would hear them. I began to trust myself more. So, and the more we are, we're connected to our souls and to our guides, the more obviously we're connected to our beings and our path. And then obviously that's going to connect to the choices that we make. It's all connected. The more, you know, disconnected we are, in my opinion, from our spirits, our higher self, our bodies and our minds, the more cloudy things get, the less clarity we have, the more quote unquote like mistakes and failures we we, we perceive happening. Because we're not really connecting in the moment. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I haven't created ideas or started projects that didn't work out but when I'm really connected, I don't see them as not working out. I see them as it not being the right time. And I don't, I'm not hard on myself about it. You know, like I'm really, I really say, Oh wow, that was a really great idea. Or I really love that project. This is probably not the right time. I'm going to come back to it. And I give myself the grace to do that. And when I do come back to it, it works out versus when I'm disconnected and I start something or something isn't working. I like, you know, I like beat myself over the head about it. Like, I can't believe this. No, no one sees me. They're not getting it. I'm not getting it. I'm wrong. I'll, you know, I'm going to lose everything. Like you go on this like tidal wave of just, you know, uh, shadow thoughts and that, and when that happens, I I say to myself now versus, you know, before, Oh, I need again to step back. I need again to relook at the way I'm connecting and receiving and the gratitude I need to have for where I am and, just as it always, and it always works. It always works. I always end up being able to come back to that rhythm, back to that receiving, back to that connection. And it's a blessing. It just, that's the simple truth of it.
0: So obviously we live in a patriarchal society and the emperor represents this masculine energy, can represent like a father figure in the deck. And I was wondering how much of what you're doing is dismantling ideas of the patriarchy and what has come up for you when supporting like BIPOC communities and like what the vision is moving forward for building your own empire or definition of empire.
1: Ooh, that's a lot. I think that when I think about spirit house or the spirit guide coach or anything that I'm doing and the way it fits in with society, I really think about the fact that what I'm doing is connecting people to original medicine, original magic, you know, things before the patriarchy, things that existed, you know, in the beginning with with a multitude of different cultures and honestly, most specifically BIPOC cultures. And this is a remembering, it's a coming back to, it's a coming home. I'm not creating anything that hasn't been done before. I'm reminding people of the magic and the power that they have. And, you know, when we think about the patriarchy, when we think about, you know, uh, white, cis, male domination, you know, a lot of these systems were in place to eradicate the medicine, the knowledge, the the magic of all of these different cultures. Right. So what we're doing is saying we're still here. We're still united. We still have power. We're actually even more powerful. And we're going to remind those of you, you know, those who are here now of the connections to their ancestry and their magic that have always been there and help them expand it. So when I think about, you know, an empire, I think about, let's just come back to who we originally were with more of an understanding of what we can build together. Uh, And that, and again, that image can change, but that truth remains the same, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. When I think about empire too, there's just so many different ways of approaching it. But I'm even thinking about, like, you know, how the pyramids were built. You know, if you really believe aliens came through and helped build the pyramids, there's just different systems of support that are helping you build the vision. And, you know, whether you want to connect to your spirit guides and how that's all going to happen or, um, delegating things to an assistant or you know however you'd like to build your empire. I think it's about giving ourselves the permission to build in the way that feels most authentic to us. and I know that throughout the years, you know building mystic Mondays, I really felt like it had to look a certain way. it had to be a certain way and then all the while figuring out no, it just has to feel right to me and sometimes, there isn't a tangible way that it can look in a certain moment. So I know I'm a very visual person, but coming back into the body, into how it feels is also really important. And as the emperor is related to the number four, I think that has a lot to do with structure systems, but also your body, your ties to ancestry, and how you can build that solid foundation for yourself in a way that feels good and feels right
1: yeah I agree with all of that and even like rephrasing I, you, you kind of mentioned this too, like what the idea of an empire is an empire doesn't have to be something that obliterates everything or that takes over everything and it can be an empire of love an empire which is community an empire of you know healing you know we we get to decide and define what Empire means and it can mean very different things versus just one thing.
0: Totally. So I would love to pull some cards from your gorgeous deck and have you interpret them. Is that all right? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to shuffle here. And I'm going to pull three And this is a reading for The Collective. Okay, so I got Reflection, Wisdom, and Charles Water.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, so those are obviously those are great cards. When we think about reflection, we're thinking about all the different pieces that make up one reflection of who we are. And there are lots of different little pieces that can come together. Are we acknowledging all of them? Are we looking at the different pieces of who we are and how they can work together? because that's where we can really gather the wisdom. We already have wisdom and knowledge living inside of us, but oftentimes we, we choose to ignore it or discount it. And this is about what is the wisdom that I'm receiving from myself when I look deeper into myself and who I am? Can I be in the moment? Can I allow myself to be present and receive the medicine that I already have at my disposal? And how can I utilize that as I move forward with into each day?
0: Amazing. Thank you. And we're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. What is your sun, moon, rising?
1: (laughs) Uh, Aquarius, Cancer, Leo.
0: Aquarius, Sun, Cancer, Moon, Leo, rising. Okay. Awesome. How does that resonate with you?
1: I think it's very accurate. It's very accurate. Like I call myself an extroverted, uh, introverted extrovert. Like I can, I can do the thing, but I love also just like being in my feelings and, and, um, allowing myself to like create new worlds, uh, where I am honestly just talking to dead people. So that's, that's what I love to do.
0: Do you have any rituals that you love and practice right now?
1: Oh, yes. Um, over the winter, I've been making a fire every day and for my automatic writing and fire is so nourishing and it teaches so much. And I've been having incredible downloads. So every day going out, if I need to chop some wood, gather wood, coming back in, making the fire, sitting by the fire, listening to the fire, allowing the spirit of fire to to speak to me has been incredible. And uh, beyond that, honestly, my meditation practice, even if it's just for 10 minutes, being able to come to center and receive and have gratitude is something that never gets old and is always beneficial.
0: And how do you create boundaries with spirit if you're talking to a dead person or, you know, malicious energy? Like, how do you set your boundaries there?
1: Well, I used to have no boundaries, but now I have a lot. And basically, uh, what I I have an opening prayer, and I have a closing prayer, and um, I surround myself with protection. So I'll say, I ask my spirit guides, angels, masters, teachers, and loved ones, my animal guides to protect me from anything that is not of the highest and best. That doesn't mean that spirits, other spirits can't sometimes slip through, but the ratio is much lower. And then when I'm done speaking to spirits, I close it. I say, I cut the cord. I say, I no longer are open to receiving, you know, so really creating like an opening and a closing point is incredibly beneficial because otherwise we're just hearing and receiving all the time. And that is not sustainable.
0: With the theme of the emperor it's all about sustainability. So thank you so much, Asia. Where can our listeners connect with you?
1: Well, you they can connect with me on my website at uh, spiritguidecoach.com or on Instagram at Spirit House Collective. Those are the places to find
0: me amazing and i know asia has monthly offerings and you know spots for coaching as someone who has worked with asia in the past i would highly recommend that you work with her she's very gifted i also feel like asia works with a lot of integrity and i know this world can be quite scary so i think that asia is a really amazing channel to both grounds but also connect you with the higher dimensions of oneself So thank you so much, Asia. This was wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, which is not a surprise at all.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode with Asia. I am so grateful for Asia's guidance and honest take on her relationship with the emperor. I feel like a lot of us are redefining systems for ourselves in a way that feels more supportive. I like to call this systems of support. And what might be in those systems to uplift us and to empower ourselves to continue to grow into our fullest and most authentic selves. And sometimes we notice when certain systems aren't working for us, in which we can find ourselves rebuilding, restructuring, and redefining continually until it feels like a system that was made for us, which you are creating ultimately for yourselves to be free and to be your most autonomous in the structures that you build. You get the opportunity to figure out what works best for you. And that is ultimately the energy of the emperor. The changes that you make in your own life ripple out into the universe and ripple out into your communities, to the people that are around you. So the changes that you make to transform yourself and the systems that you implement that best take care of you do matter and do make a difference so keep on making that positive change and be that source of light for others as always sending you so much grace today and every day